Welcome to the Messianic Media Podcast, a discussion of Messianic, Christian, and secular artistic works with David and Mark. Welcome to the Messianic Media Podcast, bringing you the latest in Messianic music, video, and art with your host, David Kazin. I'm a Messianic Jewish musician, artist, and filmmaker. Messianic Jews are Jews that believe that Yeshua is the Messiah and Son of God. Let's go to new releases. Downpour released their CD, Pierce the Darkness. Their debut album is a collection of songs, ranging from classic rock to modern hard rock, with melodic rhythms and searing guitar solos. It is on cdbaby.com, iTunes, Amazon, and more places. Just the Two of Us is the first collaborative CD by Jeremiah and Hannah Zaretsky. Their music has an acoustic and folksy sound. It features guitar, light keyboard, and warm harmonies, and is available on jeremiahandhannah.bandcamp.com. David Ween, Gentle Warrior EP, is a six-song recording that combines Jewish liturgical music with jazz. It is also available on CD Baby, iTunes, Amazon, and more. I recently talked to Mandy Greenberg, a Messianic musician who was in the band Blue Mosaic and is currently working for Tree of Life Bible. I'm here with Mandy Greenberg. How were you involved with the Messianic faith growing up? Well, my mother and father came to believe in Yeshua, Jesus, um, just before I was born. And so I was raised in a Messianic synagogue. My father then later became a rabbi of his own Messianic synagogue in the town over from where I was born, which is uh, Syracuse, New York. And, um, and so I've, I've lived my entire life um, with the Messianic movement being a vital part of it. When did you start playing music? I've always been musical from what I can remember. Um, I started learning piano when I was about 11. I started singing by the time I was nine. Um, I've just kind of, my, my mother's a musician, my uncles are musicians, my great-grandfather was a world-class drummer, so music kind of runs in the family. Okay, um, how did you, uh, first hear about, uh, Blue Mosaic? It's a really funny story. Um, I was just chilling out at home one day, and my mother, uh, was away at a women's retreat where she was uh, able to talk to Melissa Moskowitz, who is um, one of the uh, leaders of Jews for Jesus. And uh, she had mentioned something briefly to my mother about it. And I didn't really know anything about it. And then later at a different meeting that same weekend, um, Susan Perlman, who's the vice president of Jews for Jesus, walked up to my mother and was like, we have this new band forming, you need to tell your daughter. And so my mother literally called me. I was like, Susan Perlman just told me that you need to audition for this band and you need to look into it. And because I love my mother, I was like, okay, why not? We'll give it a shot, see what God does. And literally I sent a two-line email to the director of music over at Juice for Jesus, uh, Jeff Millinson. And he emailed me back within like three hours 
and was like, oh my gosh, we're so excited that you're, you know, interested. And he sent me an entire packet and I filled it out. And, you know, two months later I had been selected. So it was a very, very intense experience. (laughs) Okay. Well, um, were you in, uh, in New York state at the time? And then, uh, I was in Syracuse. Yeah. Okay. And then was the, uh, was the training in New York city or was it somewhere else? We started training actually in Chicago um, because our training lined up with the Juice for Juice summer witnessing campaign. And so what they wanted us to do is go to Moody Bible College with the rest of the trainees and spend two weeks there and learn all sorts of prophecy and um, apologetics for what we believed so that we would be prepared later on down the road. And then after those two weeks, we traveled over to New York City and stayed there for about three months, training and writing music and rehearsing. So that was that was really fun. Okay, was the uh, uh, was the training done? Uh, was it Juice for Jesus staff? Was it also was it? Were you uh, collaborating? Um, it was actually. Yeah, we actually did training with the Juice for Jesus staff and the local rabbis in Chicago. Um, and we had professors and, you know, amazing missionaries come in. We even had a police officer, uh, to tell us what to do if someone got aggressive, like those kinds of things. And so we had a lot of really amazing speakers when we were in Chicago. And then once we got to New York, uh, it was basically music oriented, um, since we had had those two weeks of really heavy duty apologetics training, we just delved right into music as soon as we got into New York and just played for hours upon hours uh, in a little church room and then eventually in the Jewish Reviews building and in our bedrooms and yeah it was it was a lot of a lot of training. <laughs> How did the songs uh, develop? Were they uh, uh, developed um, just in jam sessions or was it um, people bringing um, song ideas that they had to the group and then collaborating from there? Well we had I think all of those, actually. I know that I walked in with a couple of songs and then we kind of worked on them and moved around with them. And I know that Giselle wrote some songs while on the road. We, we, it was always a continual process of songwriting. Like if one of us had some lyrics, we would go to the others and say, hey, I've got these lyrics. Let's see what we can do with them. Or someone would say, hey, I've got this melody. What should we do with it? And then sometimes we would take old songs, uh, songs that had been previously done by Juice for Jesus, and we would just completely uh, revamp them in really interesting ways. We'd, you know, switch some lyrics, switch some melodies. Uh, We would do some really fun stuff with it. So it was kind of a combination of all three, I think. Okay, excellent. Um, While you weren't involved with uh, Liberating Wailing Wall, do you have uh, insight into how Blue Mosaic was different from the earlier Juice for Jesus music programs? Absolutely, actually. We were asked this a lot while we were on the road. Um, Jews for Jesus had started basically out of the Liberated Wailing Wall, and the Liberated Wailing Wall spent a lot of its time in churches and in places of worship and synagogues in order to, you know, share with non-Jewish believers, you know, who exactly Jews for Jesus was. And so, they were able to have these amazing performances and to really uh, share the desire for salvation for the Jewish people with our non-Jewish brethren. And that was really amazing. 
But Jews for Jesus's number one goal is to, uh, you know, show the Jewish people that Jesus, Yeshua, really is the Messiah. And so they wanted to revamp the music program in a way that would be more uh, evangelistically oriented. And so Blue Mosaic was mainly an effort to get music and get the gospel into places that we normally wouldn't have gone if we had been the liberated Wailing Wall. And so we spent a lot of time in bars and in coffee houses, and um, we still did, you know, we still did meetings at churches and at Messianic synagogues and uh, still did all sorts of concerts for people. Even we did a few house concerts too, but we spent a lot more time out, you know, in the public interacting and spreading the gospel through music and through, you know, speaking from the stage and saying, hey, we're, we're Jewish people that believe in Jesus. And if you think that's weird, then please come talk to us because we want to tell you about it. So it, it was, it's a lot different. And we were really excited about the opportunity to be able to uh, bring the, uh, the goal of Jews for Jesus full circle after about, you know, 40 years. Or how was the group able to uh, play at uh, all these uh, secular venues? Uh, most of the time, we just searched for open mics on the internet and in newspapers, and we would we would show up at a city and go to an open mic and ask the artists there, you know, where other open mics were. And so when you go to an open mic, you get like 10 minutes to sing like three songs and say a little something. And we had some amazing experiences just showing up at these places, especially places that didn't seem like they were going to be particularly fruitful, but they ended up being amazing. I can remember showing up at this one bar um, in, I think it was Detroit, just outside Detroit, and um, we had no idea why we were there. There were all of like four or five people there, and... All of a sudden, you know, at the end of our set, this Orthodox woman, you know, walks in, waits till we're off the stage and then, you know, brings in her Hasidic Orthodox husband and he gets on stage and we were able to talk to them and uh, not very much because they weren't very, um, weren't very amicable once they found out who we were, but we were able to proclaim, you know, Yeshua as the Messiah in front of these Orthodox People. And it was just spectacular how it, we didn't had no idea that it was going to happen. We had no idea why we were there. There was it was, you know, the music was fairly horrendous sometimes. And it was cringeworthy often. But if that was the if the only reason we were there was to share the message of Yeshua with this couple, then it was totally worth it to us. And so it was it was a, an amazing setup to just be able to walk into places and be like, hey, you know, Jesus is Jesus is Lord and we're Jewish and this is what we do. We got a lot of really amazing responses, too. Excellent. Um, how long did you guys tour for and uh, did you guys go all across the, the U.S.? We actually toured for approximately nine and a half months. Um, we literally went down the East Coast wrapped around Florida, went all around the Gulf through Texas, up the West Coast, and back across the top of America. So, and then into Canada, and then back down. So we did a huge circle around the U.S., and we got to go to, I think, somewhere around 40 states, and either, you know, passing through, or we got to play some really amazing open mics 
and yeah, it was it was quite an adventure. We got to see things we never thought we would. So. Okay. Do you have an example for um, things that you that um, surprised you on the tour? Well, it was surprising that we were able to just walk into these places, walk into these bars and these coffee houses, and just be us. Like the thing about about open mic culture is that you can be whatever you want to be and you can say whatever you want to say there's real free speech in that and so it was just it took a lot of the fear out of what we were doing it was kind of like oh we're going to share the gospel today and someone's going to get mad at us but it was really surprising that no one really did it was they were all really cool with it and I think that surprised us more than anything. But I know for me, I got to I got to see places of the country that I, I didn't think I'd ever go. I had never been west of the Mississippi before I joined Blue Mosaic. And so I got to, you know, chill out in L.A. and get coffee from one of the original Stumptown coffee makers in Seattle. And, you know, you got to do all these amazing things that are very touristy while proclaiming the gospel. So it was quite an adventure. Excellent. Um, you were a participant um, at the Asheville Music Festival. Um, mm-hmm. Well, first, um, could you um, was the band on a break for um, leading up to that? How did you get ready for AMF, and how was your experience at AMF? Well, regarding AMF, we had been we had been separated for a year actually. Um, we were contracted musicians, which meant that we had a contract with Juice for Jesus for that year as a part of Blue Mosaic. And when the year was up, uh, we had, you know, we all had to go our separate ways. And being the only American in the group, I just got to go home. Like I, I went back to New York. And so a year passed and um, Jeff Millinson, who's the director of music still, had been told about AMF and this was I think about four or five months before AMF in August so it was probably somewhere around uh, February March and he goes hey how do you guys feel about a reunion and of course all of us were just incredibly excited because we all really love each other and we really appreciate each other's uh, gifts and talents so we were excited to play again and so he said, okay, let's see what we can do. We'll, we'll see if we get a spot. And, you know, if, if God has this for us, then we'll do it. And so we, um, we wound up getting a spot in the lineup. And we all flew into New York. Um, but I flew into New York about a week before AMF. And the others flew into New York I think two weeks before AMF. Um, I had been working at the time and I hadn't gotten the time off. Um, so I had to fly out and we practiced for like a few hours every day leading up to AMF. And then we flew down there and, you know, did our thing. And it was, it was so much fun because we hadn't played together in about a year. And it just came so naturally to us once we got back into the swing of things it was just like, oh, of course, this is this is how it feels. Like it felt so natural and so real. Like we hadn't hadn't missed a day, and so it was really um, it was really touching actually 
to be able to make music with people that I had spent an entire year with. And so at AMF, we got to play a really, really great little set uh, in the middle of the rain. It rained torrentially during our set. And uh, some really diehard fans were there in umbrellas and, um, and ponchos. Uh, but we wound up inviting a whole bunch of people on stage with us to get out of the rain, um, which was just so much fun. And uh, yeah, it was great. We had so much fun. It was so great to see other musicians as well, because we have, we, as in our travels, we got to have, to cultivate these amazing relationships with musicians all over the country and at, you know, Messianic synagogues and at churches. And so we got to meet a lot of these people while we were out on the road. And um, it was just amazing to see them all in their in their natural states and to hear their music and to to share the presence of God together. So it was thoroughly enjoyable. Excellent. Um, where are the songs from uh, Blue Mosaic available? They are available at the Juice for Jesus website, uh, juiceforjesus.org, and you can click on the Blue Mosaic tab, and they are available there for download. Or if you want to see your funds go towards Jewish evangelism, you can buy an actual CD EP at the Jews for Jesus store. And I think it's somewhere around $4 and you can get it. And the proceeds go directly towards Jewish evangelism, which is very exciting. Okay. Um, do you have any uh, plans um, for your future music career? I am actually working on some music right now. I have, um, I have, I broke my arm recently and, um, that forced me into a little bit of a, a sabbatical from work and other things. And so I got to uh, spend some time up in the woods of South Carolina to, you know, write music and to practice guitar, which is really hard with a broken arm, but <laughs> God's letting me, letting me do it anyway. And, um, yeah, so, so I'm definitely working on some more music and I'm trying my best to, to cultivate the gift that God has given me. You mentioned, uh, Blue Mosaic was a year long contract. Um, did Juice for Jesus yes. vision that as a yearly, um, thing? And if so, um, when do you think the next version of uh, Blue Mosaic uh, will debut? Well, Blue Mosaic was actually a very experimentational, um, it's a very experimental uh, program. It was mainly devised to see if the, the concept was possible. And so they decided to do it for a year because it wasn't like the Liberated Wailing Wall in that you didn't live on a bus and you didn't, um, you know, live at people's houses. We stayed a lot in hotels and did a lot, you know, staying at people's houses when we were going for church meetings and stuff. And so they were attempting to gather musicians for another Blue Mosaic uh, last year, but due to, you know, people's commitments and a lot of the people that they're looking to get are young musicians because, you know, you want to be able to go into coffee houses and be relatable. And a lot of young musicians are still in college and uh, can't really take a year off to do that kind of thing. Um, I had been really blessed in that I hadn't gone to college yet. I was taking a few years off to kind of do the whole self-discovery thing. And so 
they were trying really hard and it, it it hasn't coalesced yet. And as far as I know, the plans for Blue Mosaic are still in the works. Um, and so as soon as they have enough musicians to put a band together that's, you know, similar to our, um, our style, I suppose, as soon as they have enough people, then I think they'll send them out. But there are a lot of factors that come up when you're putting this kind of effort together. So I'm not sure when the next Blue Mosaic is. Okay. Okay, well, uh, moving on, um, what is the Tree of Life Bible? Tree of Life Bible. Oh, good question. Um, the Tree of Life Bible is a brand new translation effort by uh, members of the entire Messianic community, meaning that we have uh, theologians and board members and um, people working on this project who are from the Messianic Jewish Alliance of America, the um, Union of Messianic Jewish Congregations, and we've got people from Jews for Jesus. We've had people from Chosen People. We've had, uh, we have uh, members from Jewish Voice Ministries. So we have some of the largest Messianic organizations represented in this project. And it's really a project that is, seeks to represent the entire Messianic movement in terms of, you know, this is what our theologians are, what they believe, this is what we do, this is who we are, um, in the context of a biblical translation. And so it's fully vetted, which means that it's, you know, discussed and agreed upon, and there's no bias, and there's no, um, there's no slanting of the text in anyone's particular direction. And it is um, fully backed by all of the organizations involved. So it's a pretty monumental task due to the fact that the organizations in the Messianic movement haven't really agreed on anything in quite some time. And so through this project, there are a lot of new projects um, that are springing up uh, in terms of unifying the different uh, alliances within the Messianic movement. So it's really cool. Excellent. How did you get involved, and uh, what is your um, contributions um, to the project? Well, uh, my mother actually is the project manager and the vision caster of the project. Uh, she actually got together with um, several rabbis' wives in the movement and brought up the fact that there was no biblical text that represented all of us that was available for children to read. And so she and the ladies started putting this project together. And then the scholars and the theologians saw what they were doing and were like, hey, you guys look like you could use, you know, some people who have spent years studying this stuff. So let us help. And it kind of got bigger and bigger and bigger. And so as she became more of a project manager, my father stepped in to be the chairman of the board, and he handles that. So it's become a family business, a family project. Uh, my brother works on it, and my little brother does the uh, vlogging for it, which is really cool. He's only 11. But I and my brother are both kind of uh, jacks of all trades. We, we do all sorts of things for the project, whether it's you know making hotel reservations or, you know, updating the Facebook status. 
that's what Joseph and I do. But I particularly have been chartered as the um, social media moderator, which means that I do all the Facebook and the Twitter and the Tumblr and all of the YouTube videos. I moderate and manage all of those. And so in addition to that, I have been given permission to spearhead a really amazing um, collaborative community art project that is involved with the Messianic movement and the Messianic youth to get them to interact with the Tree of Life Bible and the text itself. So all in all, I'm doing a lot of things. Okay, um, so can you tell us a little about the videos um, that um, your family's producing? Um, we have been doing some product uh, explanation about, you know, why did we do the New Covenant first? And why do we need to have all sorts of things in the Bible? And what does it mean when we have this word in Hebrew and this one not in Hebrew? And just little things that explain the nuances of the Bible. Um, we've done some, you know, insights into the process of how we've translated and how we've come to decisions about the Bible. Um, a lot of those are in post-production right now, and so we're not um, we're not putting them up yet because we're still, you know, editing and all that stuff. Um, actually, right now, the team is at the MJAA South Central Regional, um, and they are doing some filming uh, involving Dr. Jeffrey Seif and Paul Wilbur, because they're two members of our team. And, you know, we're just putting stuff out there about the Bible and, and why it's pretty cool, actually. Yeah, I, I did notice also that the um, that your uh, project had a presence at AMF. Um, was there a particular goal for um, being part of that event? We basically just wanted to be supportive of AMF due to the fact that it was another one of those collaborative whole messianic movement things. Um, we wanted to show support because for years a lot of the young people at, at these conferences had never interacted and now there are conferences springing up where they are interacting and they are getting to know each other and AMF is, is so much a part of that because musicians from all over the country and all over um, the different realms of the Messianic movement were able to hear each other and hear each other's hearts. And, you know, the Tree of Life Bible at its core wants to do that. And it wants to see people united for the sake of the kingdom, uh, Jew and Gentile. And so we, we just wanted to, you know, give them a thumbs up, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, excellent. Um, what is the um, collaborative project that that um, you mentioned earlier, and um, how can people contact you to get involved with that? Um, it is a community art project. Um, basically, we want to see your, in, in lack of a better term, your fan art. We want to see people interact with the Bible, uh, the Tree of Life Bible in particular, and we want to see how artists interpret it and you know what reading a passage inspires you to to see and to draw and to um and to paint and all those things and so we want to see it so we can not only you know cultivate some sense of 
interaction and, and ownership of the text because when you get people involved with it, they feel like it belongs to them and that it is something that they have invested themselves in. And so we want the movement as a whole, including the young artists, to really invest in this project and to really understand the the grandeur of it because it's it's not just about you know coming together and translating the bible one more time for the sake of it it's about representing who we are and so we want to see those kinds of things and we want to see photographs and we want to see word art and we want to see you know even if it's just a, a picture of a leaf from a tree we want to see it because that's how young artists sometimes interpret things I mean, we've been handed artwork by young children, even what after speaking engagements and to see the way that they see is spectacular. And so the best way to submit something is either to uh, go to the Tree of Life Bible Facebook page, which is where I hang out a lot and say, hey, I'd like to get involved in this art project or um, to email me directly, uh, which is uh, mandy.greenberg at gmail.com. And, you know, if, and if it's, I don't know, if, even if it's simple and you don't think it's that important, we do. And we'll put it up on your Tumblr and our Twitter and our Facebook. I mean, we want to promote young artists. So we'll have links to everything you do and we'll promote you. And it's really exciting. Excellent. Um, We'll be back after this quick break. This episode of Messianic Media is sponsored by David Kasdan Videography. In addition to hosting this podcast, I am also an experienced videographer and editor. I'm an affordable wedding and event videographer. I am based out of Chicago, but can travel all across the country. I've also filmed business videos and autobiographical videos called My Life Story. For more information, go to www.davidkasdan.com. That's K-A-S as in Samuel, D as in David, A. And is a Nancy. You can also email me at davidcaston at gmail.com. I'm back with Mandy Greenberg. What can you tell us about uh, the Blue Mosaic song that we're about to play? Um, Build You Up was written in a time where I didn't really understand what God was doing in my life. And uh, basically, it's just a song about how no matter how dark it is and how much it feels like things are falling apart, both physically and emotionally, that God is always there to build you up. And he's always going to, you know, pick you up by your bootstraps and, you know, brush the dirt off of you and, you know, claim you as his own and make you beautiful. So Excellent. And once again, uh, Blue Mosaic songs are available to listen or to order on the Jesus for Jesus website.
Thank you for listening to the Messianic Media Podcast. Send comments or email voice messages in MP3 format to messianicmedia at gmail.com or through Facebook at facebook.com slash messianicmedia. You can subscribe to this podcast at iTunes, and any reviews would be appreciated. I'm looking for sponsors and donations for future podcasts. I'm also looking for artists to submit their songs, as I am planning to do a future episode that just features music from a variety of genres. Until next time, this has been David Kasten. This episode is copyrighted by Messianic Media Podcast. Intro and outro music by The Pair Republic. www.facebook.com slash The Pair Republic. Any other music copyright of their respective holders. <laughs>